Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball, your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Oh, thanks for joining us on our uh, second uh, Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball podcast. Uh, I'm Mark Overman, sitting here with Clay Cates here in Gillette, and we got uh, Ian McMacken down in Denver, the publisher of the GoIO message boards. How you guys doing today? Clay, we'll start with you. Oh, I'm doing great, Mark. About almost 50 degrees here today in Gillette. That's hey, that's kind of lift my spirits. I am. What's the weather down in Denver? If it's 50 here, it must be 70 and balmy down there. Well, it's not quite 70 in Denver. It's uh, probably about 10 degrees warmer. It was a mild day today. Not not super warm, but it wasn't too cold today. But I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, talk about Wyoming basketball. It's been a tough, tough year. One of the toughest years I can remember as a basketball fan and um but i'm glad you guys had me on today no it's great to have you i mean love talking wyoming hoops and we got another diehard so that's that's a good thing so if it's 50 here in gillette and 60 in denver what that makes it minus 10 in laramie (laughs) i i think it's a little warmer in laramie uh as we talked uh before the show started uh i think the roads are going to be dry so it should be an easy trip for people from cheyenne whoever wants to head over to the game on saturday yeah, hopefully Utah State's been decent this year, but hopefully, hopefully we got a chance this Saturday. But all right, so just uh, to kind of give you guys a overlook of what we're going to talk about here today. So we're going to kind of re- our last show was uh, right the day right before the Boise State game. So uh, we're going to talk about the Boise State loss, the UNLV loss, and the San Diego State loss. The last three games that we played. And then we're just going to kind of look at some things that have been, you know, problematic for Wyoming, you know, assisted turnover ratio, kind of what's happening with the rebounding, um, the man-to-man defense that we're not playing as opposed to the zone that we seem to be getting uh, butchered in. Uh, Just kind of talk about how the Shiat style slow it down offense is either working or not working. Uh, So those are kind of the plan topics we're going to talk about today. Uh, But we like all three of us like to ramble on a little bit, so we might get a, a little off topic from here or there. So I'll just apologize in advance. Uh, so starting off, we'll uh, talk about the boys' game, and that was three games ago, so it's a little it's not as fresh in our minds as some of the other ones. But uh, so just kind of an overview. Uh, we ended up losing the game, fifty-five to sixty-nine. Uh, we trailed at half by eleven, and then in the second half, boys only outscored us by three. Uh, so small victories. Uh, we weren't as bad the second half. Uh, Clay, why don't you kind of give me your rundown of this game from what you remember? Well, just, you know, we, it, it was a good close game uh, right up to about, I think, you know, it's about five minutes left. We were down by uh, two, then they hit a basket there and then kind of went on a little run and got up by 11 at half. And then in that second half, they kind of jumped up a few more points and we just kind of battled that between 10 and 15 points the whole uh, second half and ended up losing there by uh, 14 points. Ryan, do you have anything that really stands out on this game? That... Well, yeah, I, the one thing that really stood out to me uh, for the game, I actually attended the game, uh, watched it up and decided to sit up in the upper deck, kind of get a bird's eye view of the game. The yeah, pretty much watching. What, I, what really hit me was uh, – the Cowboys couldn't, or Justin James was one of 14 from the floor, yeah, I believe, in that yeah. game, and that did not help uh, momentum with the team. And the Cowboys, when they were fairly close in the game, they started 
missing some of those uh, mid-range jumpers with James and some of the other guys. And then on top of that, they kind of hit a turnover bug there when they were trying to crawl back into the game in the second half, which I think just gave Boise State extra momentum. And then Boise State just kind of get into, you know, the, kind of in a relax, more of a relaxed mode in terms of confidence and shooting. Um, and we started turning over the ball, which really – took that margin from 10 up to 20. You know, if you're in a, a 10 point game late, uh, you still have a shot to win it, but that game got out of hand because of turnovers and uh, Justin not having really a great shooting game of one of 14 from the floor. So. Yeah. Plus with the style of the offense we're running, it's kind of hard to overcome big deficits. We get down by 10 and it feels like 20. And if we get down by 20, it, I mean, that feels like 40. So uh Another thing I just mentioned this game is just it really felt like and it was staggering. And I don't know if it's as simplistic to say that, uh, you know, that they uh, Leon Rice is just a better coach than Edwards or whatever. But what really caught me in that game was just the quality of shots and the quality of looks that Boise was taking. They they had open, good looks. And it felt like a lot of our shots were well covered and forced. And I mean, that's just not a you know, a recipe for success when you're forcing tough shots and they're getting open looks. Uh, so, and just to confirm on what I had said, uh, our assisted turnover ratio in that game, we had seven assists and 15 turnovers. And obviously that's, you know, that's not good. Uh, and one other thing, uh, and this has kind of become a problem for Wyoming. Uh, in the game, Boise attempted 59 shots, and we only attempted 40. When you're allowing another team to shoot 19 more shots than you, that can become a big problem, right, Clay? Well, it can. And, I mean, when you look at the, uh, you know, trying to slow the game down and trying to do some of those things, their shots are uh, – Precious. Then, yeah, they're very precious. And then when you turn the ball over 15 times and they're shooting more, you, the just all those things combined are just against you. And as you'll, you'll kind of see a theme here going throughout is that, I mean, we're slowing the game down. We kind of, we'll get into that a little more, but as you slow the game down, that should create less turnovers than what we had been going when we were playing at a faster pace. But it's actually been the opposite. And in all three of these games, we've had an uh, absorbent amount of uh, turnovers. Uh, one of the one highlights on this game, and I don't know if you remember, Ian, is I thought uh, this was Trace Young's second game. I thought he looked really good in this game as well. Do you remember that? Or Yeah, I thought I thought Trey shot, uh, continued his play for Dixie State against better competition and actually looked like he belonged on the floor in a Mountain West Conference uh, a conference game, which I think is really encouraging. And, you know, he's still learning and trying to feel the process out, but he, he looks uh, like he has that edge to go out there and make plays in a second game. So to see him to be able to do that against the Mountain West opponent and actually have success, I think he led had 16 points in the game. Am I yeah, correct? Yep, yep, he did. So, and he shot well from the three point land and shot well from the floor. So yeah, that was very encouraging. So that particular game, he, he, I think that was the most encouraging thing to come out of that basketball game. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, just, uh, he went six, eight from the field and he was three or four from three in that game. And uh, our second leading score was Naughton. So when you're getting 16 from your leading score, you know, especially in the slow down style, okay, maybe you can get away with that. But when you only have two two scores in double digits and your second leading score only has 10 points, I think that can be a real problem, Clay. What do you think? Well, it is. And, uh, you know, you just – you got to have – you got to have points from your big guys. And 
meaning your guys that are your main guys. And so, yeah, it's, it's a huge problem. Well, just kind of like you were saying earlier, you know, I mean, off, this was off air, but you need three or four guys, you know, and that maybe that fourth guy, that third guy can be a rotating guy to get you points every now and again. But yeah, he, you know, and especially like we say, we're trying to, you know, get to 60, 65, close to 70 points. And you're going to have to have somebody in the, in the twenties, uh, most likely somebody else in the high teens or in the twenties. And then you're going to have that third contributor, whoever it is, has got to kind of get in the teens. And then your other guys are going to be your four or five or two or three or whatever, but you got to have a few guys definitely get you those 40 points. And then those other contributors are the ones that are going to get you. And if you're trying to guard, get them in the sixties, we're not going to do it if we don't have another guy in the teens somewhere. Sure. Uh, any any outstanding thoughts on this game, guys, or should we move on to the UNLV game? Uh, Clay, go ahead and say what you're pointing at. There. Well, I just one other thing I wanted to point out in the in the game is just um, you know when you look at the offensive rebounds that Boise had, uh, they had 11 and and uh, compared to Wyoming's five, and there's just you know 11 offensive rebounds. Uh, you know, you know, they got some points off of those and, and those things will kill you too. when you're, you can't give them those extra shots. Well, and that's kind of one of my bigger topics I wanted to talk about a little later on is just our, just our philosophy on rebounding. It just, when you're not even attempting offensive rebounds or free throw rebounds, and then I just think that creates a whole larger issue. I'll get into that a little later. Uh, Ian, you got any more thoughts on this boys game? Or are you ready to move on to the UNLV game? Well, I think Clay hit it, uh, hit it pretty well. I would just, uh, I'd probably add that I, I think with the youth situation on this team, I hate to make that excuse. I'm really tired of excuses. Oh, those people on the board are really going to come after you making excuses. <laughs> but basketball, uh, you know, I'm tired of basketball excuses for Wyoming basketball. But you know, to lose to five guys through attrition and injury and and play in four or five freshmen in a seven-man rotation, possibly eight-man rotation. Wyoming basketball hasn't been in the situation since early nineties. So we've had, they've definitely had some uh, tough luck uh, this year with, with that situation. And because of it, uh, you know, it's hard, you know, as Clay mentioned about getting the third score to step up, the fourth score to step up, you know, it's maturing, uh, you know, a couple of those freshmen are going to have to step up and be more consistent. And that's really going to be the key, uh, key going forward for this team outside staying, you know, not losing any more players. So. I, that, the word that you said there that really hit home with me was consistent because we'll, we'll and those we'll kind of see in some of these games we'll we'll see TJ Taylor have a good game we'll see Young have a good game we'll see you know even Porter maybe have a good game or Thompson has his good games and he has quite a few of them but it just the consistency isn't there and that's if we could find consistency there is actually some talent on this team. Yeah, I agree. And I think there is talent on this, uh, athletic talent on this team. There's length on this team. I think there's more length on, on this basketball team we've had in a while at Wyoming, quite honestly, with, I'm talking about long arms and combination sure. of athletic and long arms, but this is a, not a very experienced basketball team right now. And they only had one player last year that I, on, on the team this year that played last year during the Mount West. And that was Justin James. So this is a very youthful team, but yes, a young team that needs to learn how to become more consistent and consistent for 40 minutes because if you're not playing consistent for 40 minutes the mount west you're going to get you're going to get whipped pretty good through this league 
It's the way it and, works. Yeah, and I just kind of what you're talking about the length there, and I know. I mean, we don't have some of those traditional bigs that I know. I mean, that we all, every Wyoming basketball fan anywhere wants those guys. I, I mean, I, that goes without saying. But I think outside of Banks, and you can cor- correct me if I'm wrong here, but out of the seven scholarship guys, and even if you, you throw in Tyreek Johnson in there, with he ever comes back, uh, I think Banks is the only one under 6'5". I think everyone else is between 6'5 and 6'10". Uh, and then uh, and with speaking about Banks, he plays – I mean, kind of above the rim. He's very athletic. So, as you said, yeah, we've got some good length. We just need to find a way to to use that in a positive manner. Yeah, it comes down to maturity and experience. I was looking at the lineup, and a starting lineup of 6'7", 6'8", 6'6", 6'10", and 6'10". Compare that against uh, previous Wyoming teams. There's not very many of them have have that starting lineup along with 6'2". But um, so that is a positive. Now it's just getting these guys to grow up and mold together quicker so yep i agree uh so let's uh let's transition here to the unlv game so uh this was at just to mention the boise game was in laramie and this unlv game this was in vegas uh so we lost this one 56 to 68 uh we were actually up at half 32 to 30 uh but unfortunately in this game we lost the second half by 14 points ended up losing the game by 12 uh I know it's not this simple, but one of the things that stood out to me in this in this game, and I, I don't have the particular numbers, so I apologize for this in advance, but uh, James had a really good first half. He was very efficient from the field, and he had quite a few points in the first half. But in the second half, he kind of fell more – and he was more like he played in Boise. You know, he kind of struggled from the field, wasn't getting the shot, wasn't making shots, and, you know, and we lost. Uh, so good first half. By the team, James had a good first half. Bad second half by the team, James was bad in the second half. I mean, I, I know it's not that simple, but, I mean, this team kind of goes where James is going to take us, and unfortunately he hasn't really been taking us that far recently. Uh, Clay, what were your kind of some of your uh, initial thoughts on this one? Well, and uh, I, I, I apologize, I can't remember their top scorer, how to say and it. Botway, and Botway, was the best as I could say. Well, you know – if you look at the kind of game he had 31 points, you know, and you look at the, you know, James having his good first half and we're in the lead and their top score having a good first half, he kept going. Our, our top score yeah. stopped. And so that was really the difference in the game is he, uh, he outscored James by twice the points. And that was really the deciding factor. If you look at their roster, their guys had some contributing numbers, but they didn't even have another guy in double digits. Uh, I, what was your, uh, some of your initial takes on this one? Well, I was uh, encouraged by the Cowboys in the first half because um, I was hoping this would be a foundation that would help them get to the next, you know, game playing at a better level the next game. But I thought they did what they needed to do in the first half to stay in the game on the road. Wyoming hasn't won in, at UNLV since 2003, so it's always been a difficult place for us to win. So for them to hang out hang around but i thought they kind of blew some opportunities in the end of the first half where they had like something like a seven point lead yeah yeah missed a couple layups uh they missed uh made made some uh not very good plays on defense i'm trying to remember uh, a little foggy on that but it seemed like they had an opportunity and they also turned the ball over a couple times they had an opportunity to really extend that lead out at the end of the, the first half instead 
because of those mistakes, UNLV pulled within two points. So the Cowboys could have went in the halftime with a little bit of a pad if they would have executed better. And then the second half, UNLV, uh, the first few minutes of the second half also kind of set the tempo for the remainder of the game because they were able to stretch their lead out. So if the Cowboys could have just maintained that, that level of, you know, play that they were playing the first half through through the end of the first half into the second half i think that that game could have been a little closer down the stretch for him to try to win it so well and then i agree ian and that the beginning of the second half you know we started on you know scored the first four points of the second half went up 36 30 but then it really came down on us and uh they went on a 26 to 4 run there and that really uh, stymied us yeah, we got to overcome it yeah that. we got a little closer and kind of fought there for a little bit but yeah that was really the killer that first uh, five minutes after we went up by uh six points there in the second half uh some of the individual highlights i kind of mentioned james he ended up the game with 15 points uh this was young's third game uh he started a little shaky in this game i don't know if you guys remember but i actually thought he ended up finishing finishing strong and just kind of going off what Ian said about the the Boise game I just think for the most part so far this season and we'll get into the San Diego State game where Young did struggle a little more but I just like the look of him he looks he looks very competitive he looks like he's got that edge like Ian said you know he plays under control for the most part he takes some crazy shots in the San Diego State game but you know he's not making stupid passes he's not a turnover machine out there I just kind of like the – I really liked what I've seen from Young so far. Uh, and in this game, he had 10 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, also, one of the highlights of this game, I thought, was uh, A.J. Banks. Uh, he had 9 points, 6 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 blocks. He's an uber-athletic 6-2. I mean, he plays above the rim. Like, he had 2 blocks. It, it's kind of a shame to say, but our, our best shot blocker is our shortest guy. Uh but I think he needs to be more aggressive. Would you agree with that, Ian? Uh, the things usually go pretty good when Banks drives the rim and he can really finish. But I just don't think he's very uh, aggressive. And Edwards has kind of mentioned that about him. I, I'd like I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think again, it's a maturity and experience. So him getting comfortable. Um, you know, the light switch coming on more consistently. But I'm with you. The way the Cowboys are situated right now. Banks is one of those guys that's going to have to really elevate his game and do it on a consistent level. And he has that athletic ability where he can do a, a lot of different things. He can drive to the hoop and finish. He can play defense. He, he made some nice steals, as you mentioned. Uh, he had a great block shot down there on, on UNLV. So he's one actually for a point guard. He's one of the more athletic point guards we've had at Wyoming outside Josh Adams, obviously different situation. But um, yeah. I, I feel that when I, when I'm trying to be optimistic about the remainder of the season, he's one of the guys that I see that I'm, I'm hoping can really start to come along here in the next, next couple of weeks and play more consistent, like you just said. So, and I've always thought, and especially what I've noticed that while I'm mean, even the good junior college transfer players we get, I mean, it always takes those guys a while to get going. You know, I've usually, it usually takes, I mean, almost a full season. It feels like before they really get their stride. I even thought that way with like, we're some of the best in here. I think you guys go back a little farther than me, but like Justin Williams, you know, he was a, you know, a great player for Wyoming, rebounding and of course shot blocking, but I don't think he really hit a stride to his, you know, the second half of his senior season. Uh, 
Have you kind of found that to be the case, Iron Clay? Or I am you why don't you go ahead? Have you found that to be the case? The junior college transfers usually yeah. take about a year or so? Yeah, in a lot of cases it does. Um, you know, what the hope is it only takes them half the season of their junior year by conference play that they're playing at that higher level. You remember Nathan Sobey, it took him a long time to finally erupt. And he, when he did, Sobey he was Clay's boy. He loves Sobey, didn't you, Clay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 38 right points. Uh, yeah, CSU so, game. So, so sneaky but, dunks, you can just all of a sudden explode and take one to the rim and dunk in the half court. Clay loved those. As we all did, I'm sure. But, yeah, he, he helped off, because... Go ahead. Yeah, because he ended up coming uh, along when Nance went down with that ACL tear, and he was forced in action to start playing. A lot of times when players are forced in action to play, that's when they start stepping up, and the, they step up sooner. But Wyoming's been able to build a good junior – I mean, with junior college players through the years, and not really recently as much, but back to the Brandenburg era, uh, Benny even Dees did quite a bit where they had – the junior college guy added some very nice complimentary pieces to the Wyoming program. And Justin Williams is one of those guys. Uh, I'd love to get a Justin Williams in this program next season. Think, that would be great. I think, I mean, I really think that he's the kind of player this particular team needs. I mean, uh, a guy that's going to protect the rim, be, battle down low, you know, get rebounds. I mean, of course he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't even that great of an offensive player. He was just kind of a, you know, a dunker and finish if, you know, there was some loose change there around the rim. But I really think we could use a, a guy with his presence down low. I'm sure everyone would agree on that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. That would be great to be able to add a, a piece like that next season. And that's really the kind of player I think that, uh, that Hunter Thompson needs to play with because Hunter Thompson, I mean, he's got some potential. I mean, I mean he's a good player now, but he's got some potential to turn into that, you know, have a low post game offensively for sure. Uh, and he can do a decent job defensive at times. And I'm sure as I remember one of your posts, I about rebounding for uh freshman bigs that, I mean, I think we'll see improvement in that area. You would agree on that, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think people need to understand, you know, I think people do that follow the program that freshman players, you know, you can't expect them to be peaking the freshman year. And what I can tell from hunters, he has a really good work ethic and the desire to become a really good basketball player. So he already has that makeup in him. And we already know he has good skill. Now he's not the greatest jumper, but he has already has the size and he has that that skill that's really good for a freshman player. And I agree with you. You get a Justin Williams in there next to him, a type of player. It's only going to make him a better player. Somebody to compliment him. Somebody that can protect the rim and get block shots. Like a Derek, even a Derek Cook Jr. Just somebody sure, there yeah. that can compliment him because I think when he has somebody like that in the interior next to him, it's just going to make him a better player. And as he get gains an experience and maturity and those factors, you know, he'll just continue to evolve his game as he goes to a sophomore and junior season. So, and I, I think Thompson was, he was very good in this UNLV game as well. He had 17 points. He was three of six from three. He did add six rebounds in this game. So he was very good in this one. Uh, just one of the things that really killed us in this game and we've kind of hit it, but I mean, we had four assists to 18 turnovers. I mean, that is just atrocious. I mean, you ain't going to win any basketball games with that kind of assist-to-turnover ratio. And it's becoming a real problem for this Wyoming team. We're not getting many assists, and we're, our turnovers are starting to increase. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, not to 
jump topics too quickly here, but uh, I just really noticed this, and I'm not trying to make excuses for us because, I mean, we would have lost this game regardless, but do you remember how many crazy bounces off these rims there were in, in – Oh no, that was the was that that was the San Jose game, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. It was, yeah. Okay. I'm getting seeing I'm losing my mind over here, Clay. Yeah, okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the three games are all we're kind of staying. I know, that's the problem. So let's let, let that transition to the San Diego State game. Uh so this game, this was this was not a good game. Uh we lost fifty-four to eighty-four. Uh we trailed by twenty-three points a half, and the first half of this game was just just an abomination. Uh, they hit nine threes. They were nine to 15 from three. We were out rebounded 21 to eight. Uh, we only had four assists in the first half. They had 14. Uh, we shot 39% from the field. They shot 59% of the game. Uh, I, the first half was just, it was just, it might, even though we shot that one game and, uh, that one tournament we played when we went one to 26, I think uh, the 43, when we were four, down 43 to 11 against East Tennessee State at the first half, I, I think this half might have been worse. I, Clay, what do you think? Well, it felt worse. Yeah, um, this conference game, they're bigger, you know? Yeah. I don't know. They were both, you know, one of those ones. All time bad. You just, yeah, you want to slam your head in the door or something because you can't figure out why it's so bad. But I, I mean, it just seemed like three after three after three and wide and, open three after yeah. wide open three. And you're down 27 or, you know, 20 to seven right off the bat. And it just seemed like there was nothing we could do to, you know, you, sometimes you, you know, you kind of get it to 10 and then you get it to nine and you feel like there's hope. And there was just never that glimpse of hope ever. And, and the East Tennessee state game, at least we kind of, it went on a run in the second half and gave us a little bit of hope, but man, that game just never had, there was no glimpse of light at the end of the tunnel ever. Uh, I, and what were some of your initial thoughts of this game, particularly in the first half of this San Diego state game? Yeah. The game left a bitter taste in my mouth. Cause I thought they could uh, bounce back from the UNLV or take what they positive out of the UNLV game and build on the San Diego state game. I knew the San Diego state game was going to be a tough one. They were just coming off a blowout loss at Boise state. Usually teams to respond back at home really well when they get blown out on the road, especially a place where, where San Diego state plays, but Cowboys really didn't do much well in this game at all. I just thought they missed early in the game when San Diego state went on their run, the Cowboys couldn't put any shots down the, the free throw, situation they have to shoot free throws better than they did 16 of 29 13 misses a lot of those were front one-on-ones you know yeah one-on-one free throw shooting team in the country i think so the cowboys can control one thing they can control making free throws sitting in the line and making those control free throws but uh, the one thing with edwards uh tenure that's really been been tough over his last two or three years, it's been some of the starts these Wyoming basketball teams have had. I've never seen the previous decades I've watched Wyoming basketball. I've not seen, I cannot believe some of the starts this this team's gotten off. If you guys remember New Mexico 27, not New Mexico, Air Force. Yeah, the Mountain West Tournament. 27 nothing. The Hayden Dalton team last year with all the seniors got off to some really, really tough starts last year. And this this game and the Eastern Tennessee State game, same situations, just really tough starts. You're almost out of the game before you even get to the 10-minute mark. So, Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, let me see here. Uh, well, and this, I think that 
I understand why we do it, and that. But the zone that we play, I mean, I understand the reasons for why we do it. I mean, we got to play a zone. We only have seven scholarship players right now. We got a zone keeps the players a little fresher, out of foul trouble. But in a game like this, where our zone is just not working, and I know this is kind of, I mean, most people when they think about San Diego State, they don't think about a good three point shooting team. But this year, San Diego State team is actually. I think number one in the conference in three-point percentage is – I think it's close to 40%. Uh, and zone is just not, you know, not a great defense against a three-point shooting team. But, I mean, we were just leaving their good three-point shooters open time after time after time. I would love to maybe start off in a man-to-man, you know. And if we get in foul trouble, then you switch to a zone or, you know, play a zone for three possessions, switch to man for three possessions. And I'm just not seeing that. Uh and I might be missing something. I'm sure there's a little – some intricacies of X's and O's that I'm not seeing that Edwards is trying to do out there. I don't want to, you know, pile on him here. But it just really feels like, you know, when the zone's not working, you can't just stay in it. I mean, you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and get the same results. What's that the definition of, Clay? Insanity. Insanity. And that's what yeah. Wyoming basketball feels like right now, insanity. Well, and then – you know, you and I talked a little bit about this uh, just the other day going over the game, but, uh, you know, it, it does make you just wonder, you know, can you go man-to-man sometimes just to switch it up? It's not like you have to stay in it the whole time, but just try to do some things to switch it up because you can't – if they're just doing something, I would rather get tired trying to do yeah. something different. I mean, you have timeouts. Um, if you try to get your – you know, get Justin James getting in that lane and getting some – free throw getting at the free throw line there's there's lots the of game ways, yeah, there's lots of ways to stop that clock and get your guys a little breather but you got to do something you can't just keep taking it uh i what's your take on this zone that we've kind of been playing i think you guys nailed it i'd like clay's point I, I, the mixing of i think what he needs to do is yes you need to definitely play the zone and get good at playing the zone but mix up some man and man uh, in certain circumstances i think maybe we'll see more of that going forward mixing the zone and the man i think the san diego state and unlv athletes maybe kept him from wanting because they're a little bit like to play at the faster tempo athletically maybe he just wanted to sit in the zone but i think when the cowboys occasionally played man to man they've actually played pretty fairly well man to man and they seem to be more active offensively uh getting on transition you know being able to guard and get out in transition so what you guys are saying completely agree i, I think we're going to see more of the mix of that probably still heavy towards the zone, but with some man um, sprinkled in. Uh, and, and to be fair against UNLV, the zone was relatively effective. I mean, UNLV not a great three point shooting team and our zone was frustrating them, especially in that first half. So to be fair, I mean, there are some positives in it, but I mean, in a game like San Diego state where they're just bombing threes on you, I mean, you know, you got to change something up and, I will say this, and I know Wyoming fans aren't going to want to hear it, but, I mean, it just feels like we're a bad team. Let me just preface that. We are a bad team, so I'm not trying to make excuses. But this feels like we're so unlucky. I mean, they had a guy bank in a three. They had several bounce off the rim and go in that had no business going in. And it just, I mean, it just feels like we can't get a break right now. Uh, and, uh let me see here. Do you guys kind of find that, or am I just being a, a homer that's trying to find excuses? <laughs> well, we we joke about excuses all the time, but there are some realities and some things that happen. 
And sometimes you create them yourself by, you know, not making adjustments or making mistakes or making turnovers. But then there's those natural things that when it, when it uh, rains, it pours. And so, yeah, the, the, we talked that those rims were just getting weird bounces and well, you like, know, guys well, bank things in and yeah, they're just those weird things happen. A loose ball, you know, it would kick around three be, times. It would be our ball, but somehow they get it and shoot a three and make it. I mean, just weird things like that happen sometimes, and it's not going your way. Because here's one thing I wanted to say, and I know no one's going to want to hear this. So they were nine of fifteen from three. So obviously that's amazing, and our defense was bad. I mean, there it was bad. I'm, but in warmups they don't go nine of fifteen with wide open shots most of the time. I mean, you can be wide open. In warmups, and they're not usually going nine to fifteen. I mean, so that's just bad luck. But I mean, we don't deserve good luck. So I guess I, mean, I guess there's something to something to karma there. Uh, Ryan, you got any thoughts on this, or me and Clay just trying to make excuses well, over here? I, I think you guys are making good points. Uh, you know, the Cowboys have to get better. They're not a good basketball team. They got to do a lot of things better fundamentally. But boy, it seems like they've been hit with about everything can possibly hit in a, a season. The only well, I'm not going to even say it because if I say it, it's going to end up happening, so I'm not going to say it, but it seems like they've been hit with every – the injury. I've never seen an injury situation happen with the basketball team, attrition, all that, and rolled into one season, uh, one non-conference season. Yeah, it's uh, alone a season. I mean, and then you, you're, you're right. It seemed like a lot of shots are not falling for this team right now. A lot of the opponent's shots seem to be coming going in in a lot of situations. So what I'm hoping is – maybe that trend can start uh, trend is going to reverse as we go forward. So that's maybe a silver lining, but, but I, I see your points definitely. So. Um, and here's a little silver lining. I mean, not much to take out of this game, but so as I mentioned, those first half numbers were just absolutely atrocious. And the second half, Wyoming did switch to a man to man defense. I thought they played a man to man most of the second half and we were much better. Uh, in the first half, like I mentioned, um, San Diego State was 9 of 15 from 3. In the second half, you know, they were 3 of 9 from 3, which is only 33%. So that was much better. Uh, in the first half, we were out-rebounded 21 to 8 in that zone. In the second half, when we played man-to-man, we were only out-rebounded 16 to 19, which is kind of the area this Wyoming team needs to play in because uh, we're probably not ever going to out-rebound teams or crush teams on the board. But if we can just stay even or just slightly below, I think that gives this team a chance. And then in the first half, uh, San Diego State had 14 assists, and then the second half they only had six. So, I mean, six is still pretty decent for half for an assist, but, I mean, at least it wasn't 14. So uh, I thought we were a little better in the man-to-man. Did you notice that, Clay, or was it, was this just a team, hey, we're up by 28, we just, we're just we phoning it in. We don't got to play as hard. I'm sure there's some of that to be true. Well, there's always some of that, but – but you know as well as I do that sometimes when you're up big, you just you play loose, you do things. Yeah, no worries, everything's and, easy. Yeah, and so and I'm pretty sure their coach doesn't let them just coast, and and uh, you know so especially when those guys are trying to prove themselves and and get playing time and all those things. So those factors in those things factor in. But I do think that the man to man, you know, it doesn't let you do the free things that you can normally do, uh, you know, as far as shooting threes and stuff in the zone. And so, yeah, it, it sh- stifled them a little bit and made a difference. All right. What are you, what are you thinking? Well, I, I think uh, the big thing with me uh, really with this team now is I think they need to find a way to reduce the turnovers. Um, 16 is way too many. That's 
you know, they need to reduce that where it's half, where that opens up another eight possessions with shots. They, they need to shoot more consistently better. And I, I just thought against San Diego State, they had a lot of balls around the rim, bunny shots they just didn't make. Uh, yeah, you know, we like sure. what Trace Young has done so far. He at least was active. He was driving. He looks extremely, uh, has the ability to slash as good as uh, any freshman. I've seen at Wyoming, quite frankly, as a, a guard. And he just missed a lot of shots. And and if he can reverse that and hit, hit some of those shots and we can reduce turnovers, it, it would it would have knocked that uh, margin in San Diego State down from 30 points. You hit the free throws. Uh, you know, you know, instead of 16 of 29, you shoot better from the line. Um, you know, you start adding those possession, those points up. That margin can cut down pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, I agree. And this one thing I like, I just say about Young is he did really struggle in this game. He was 0 of 10 from the field, 0 of 4 from three, but and he did force a few more shots in this game and take a few more stupid shots. But overall, I just kind of like, I just. Like his composure, like that he's aggressive, that he's not passive out there. You know, he looks he looks like a winner. I mean, that's hard to say, you know, or to judge whether a guy looks like a winner or doesn't. But he just – he plays the win, and he just – I like the look of him, I guess. I, I know that's not very eloquent. Uh, but uh, I do like what I've seen from him so far. Uh, some of the other positives of this game, uh, trying to put a little lipstick on this pig. Uh Thompson uh, continues his hot shooting from three. Uh, he was three of four uh, from three in this game, 48% of the season. Now, that was kind of one of my disappointing things in this game. When you got a guy that's clearly hot from three, I'd like to see him take a little more than, than four shots. Uh, I also thought that TJ Taylor, he's kind of, he showed a lot of progress early in the non-conference season, but he's kind of been quiet lately, but I, I thought he, he looked really good in this one. Uh, he was four seven from the field, ten points. He was really, you know, trying to be he, he was a little more aggressive in this game. He was taking it to the rim. He had some nice finishes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, anything else on this game, guys? Or well, like Ian said, you know, there's some different ways that things that we could have done to cut into the lead. And you know, once Trace gets, you know, some more games under him and becomes more of a consistent scorer. You know, he'll be one of those guys we can get up. I believe that we can get up in double digits. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see Taylor get 10. And um, but like I say, you know, if those guys are getting a few more points, um, you know, Young gets up in double digits and we reduce some of those little things all together. Um, yeah, that would definitely be something that could be a positive thing. We keep these games closer. One thing that struck me in this game, and this might be a little harsh, but uh so we have seven scholarship players right now right five of them i don't feel too bad about uh banks taylor young uh thompson and of course james but man I, i'm really getting worried about not and porter they just don't look like they're going to help us much this year i am i just over exaggerating this or how are you feeling about those two in particular not well they they're two guys that need to step their their play up not especially being a senior i know he's Try, uh, struggled with some uh, injuries. He might still be a little uh, injured, not 100%. He's yeah, he definitely needs to get conditioned. Um, you know, he needs yeah. to get better shape. He looks tired. We really need him to step up and be solid going forward. And then I, I think Porter being a freshman, he, out of all the freshmen right now, he looks the most lost. But 
I think he's a play. I think he's more of a future guy with some future potential once he learns the game and gets more comfortable, you know, understanding the nuances of playing basketball. He gets out of control and does all that. But yeah, I'm with you. I get a little bit nervous at this point when Porter's in the game. Um, not so much with Knott, and I just think Knott needs to play better. Uh, the rest of the guys don't. Uh, I don't get nearly as nervous uh, with the other guys, but when Porter gets in there, I'm I'm ready for a uh, turnover to happen, yeah. you know, an Aaron pass, but he does show some nice skill to be able to hit a three occasionally. So yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think you're fairly spot on on that statement. Yeah, no Porter. He's just, he's just been a little out of control all season, a little too aggressive. I mean, obviously you want guys to not be too passive, but, feels like right when he comes in the game he feels like well I need to get my shot off and that's that's really not what we need from a from this particular freshman but I do like you know he's 6'9 6'8 he's he's a skinny guy he's on the the Herndon Dalton scale for skinny but you know like you say he can hit the outside shot and I I hate to say it but I'm actually feeling a little better with him out there on the court than Naughton uh Naughton just he looks like he's either hurt or just not conditioned well he looks like a lot of times he's struggling to get back down the court one way or the other. You know, he's never been much of a rebounder. I do like his low post offense, and I do think he can be effective in there, but I don't know if he's ever going to be a 30-minute-of-the-night guy that we can really count on. Uh, and I really think, and I don't. I wish I had the stats, to, the, the analytics to back this up, but I'll just – I think in the last two games, Naughton's plus-minus when he's on the court, like – I mean, we're just getting creamed when he's out there. He can't defend. He certainly – and I think these were two particular bad matchups for Naughton because you got uh, McDaniel for San Diego State and then you got Mbotwe from UNLV who are both, you know, 6'9", 180 guys that are more athletic than they are bangers. So those are certainly bad matchups for him, and he can't stay with them. Uh, and I'm, I'm really getting nervous about Naughton. I, I really thought he could help us this season, but I'm really – I'm really getting worried about him. Uh, do you agree, Clay, or am I off base well, here on this one? And, and you and I have kind of talked a little bit about this. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, he's one of those guys where it, it always feels to me like he can get 10 points, you know, eight or 10 points in a game. I, I feel like he's got the capabilities of doing that. Sometimes he, Sometimes he'll have those games where he just kind of goes off and he gets, you know – 10 12 points sure. and hits a few free throws and, and his free throw uh, shooting has been better this year yeah, although he missed yeah. two one-on-ones and uh, against San Diego State though I believe yeah sure and and then but right now like you say we just don't have that feel on him because he just doesn't look 100 percent and he just really looks sluggish I know the other night I saw him fall and I'm sure his back is he gonna yeah, get up yeah he got up so slow and boy he just about crawled all the way down and it's just like it's just really hard to watch him right now just because I'm sure he is hurting. And then when you're hurting, you just can't be 100% with that conditioning. Yeah, and to be fair to Naughton, I think he's just had a – I think he had all the potential. And I was, I've always been really high on Naughton, but he's just had bad luck. He's been hurt. He can't stay healthy. His back, his knee, you know, and it's probably tough to stay in Division One shape when you're always fighting injuries. So to be fair to him, I mean, I think he's just had bad luck. Would you agree on some of that, Ian, or am I just being too negative yeah, over here? No, I think you're right uh, on him. I think I think he had 
has shown potential at times when he's been healthy as a player could really develop. So he would have been able to play consistently over four years without a lot of injuries. I think he would be a pretty formable inside player for Wyoming. But right now we're, we're so thin on a roster uh, with injuries and uh, he needs to come out and give minutes. Um, and right now he, I do get a little skittish when he's out there. He's going to get hurt again type of situation so hopefully you know as we go forward we're going to see a new life with him uh, maybe when he gets better condition and gets back into the uh, flow a little bit at this point uh, we might see some more promise but i really want to see him more than offensively i want to see him to play some defense and get some rebounds that's what the Cowboys need right now. They need defense, interior defense and rebounding is really what they need right now. So Yeah, for sure. So let, let that transition us here. I know we're, we've been on for about 45 minutes, but we got a few more things you would like to talk about here. Uh, just some of the over, and we've definitely covered this within the, the game recaps of these last three games, but I just wanted to kind of talk about some of the overarching problems or things that are going on with this team. Uh, Let's start with the the so Edwards is kind of going to that shy style, you know, wants to slow it down. I mean, I think there's sound reasoning for why he's doing that. You know, we only got seven guys, we got to keep them, you know, out of foul trouble. We got to keep them, you know, in you know, can't exhaust them. Uh, so he wants to play the games in the '60s, and two of the last three opponents we've played, well, three of the last four, if you want to count the Dixie game, we've held our opponent into the '60s. But the problem is. It doesn't do you any good if your home team's a 60 when all you can do is score 50 points. All three of these conference games, we've only been in the 50s. So, I mean, I think, and there's many reasons for, for why. I I don't, and I, all three of these games, uh, our turnovers have been higher than our season average. Against Boise, we had 15 turnovers. UNLV, we had 18. San Diego State, we had 16. And when you're slowing the game down, and limiting the possessions, each turnover is magnified. And for us to turn over the ball at a higher rate, at a much higher rate, is really uh, it's it's really hurting us. It's disturbing. I I mean I think part of that could just be we're learning a new style. You know, this team is used to trying to run a little more, and they're just that's what they were, you know, practicing to play that way. So maybe this will get better as we go on. But this has just been a just been a killer so far. What, what do you, Clay, you got any thoughts on this? Well, the San Diego State game is one of those games where, I mean, I, I'm i trying to think back, but I kind of remember a time, I, I want to say it was the uh, the NCAA team that went, San Diego State kind of slammed us at home, and they were on the bench laughing at us. Oh, yeah, those giggles. Making fun, and then we ended up knocking them off in the, the Mountain West Conference tournament. I think that was the same year. Um, there's games that can get away from you where you get hammered, and that was that game, and no matter how good we were or would have been, that was just one of those games where they were on and we were off, and it just happened that way. Um, the one thing that was consistent, though, we got to in the mid-50s where we've been. But what I want to say is there's there's always a part in every game. It doesn't matter what level of basketball you play, but when you lose, that game gets away from you somewhere. Um, when you look back at the Shiat teams, which were trying to kind of emulate those times and and uh, hold teams in the 60s and us get in the 60s. Um, the one thing that uh, we were very good at back in that era was being able to keep that score close. And it was always within striking range. And right now, 
what's happening in these games, you know, uh, UNLV, we were close in that game, but then we let it get away from us. And the clear up to the five minutes left in the first uh, half against Boise, we let it get away from us. At the beginning of the San Diego State game, we let it get away from us to 13, 15 points. Sure. And once it's there, we're not – we're just not – if if we don't have guys get – you know, three guys getting in, in uh, upper high teens or 20s, we're not going to get there. Well, the problem is we just – this, and I kind of was talking about earlier with some of our just – our poor starts, but it's not necessarily just poor starts, which those have been awful. It's just throughout games, this, this team has just a – can just go ice cold where we don't score for just long stretches. And I just, you can't do that, especially when you're, you're trying to slow it down. You, you, I mean, and that's why we're only scoring in the fifties because we have these long stretches where we just, you know, we can't put the, the ball in the hoop and we're pretty deep. And this is just what, with, with bad teams, you just find different ways to lose games. Well, this Wyoming team is a pretty decent free throw shooting team, but against San Diego state, we couldn't hit sand if we fell off a camel. I what, what what were so your some of the your thoughts on kind of this slowing it down and how that's kind of working right now or not working? Yeah, I think it's the right uh, philosophy right now with seven man rotation. Um, I do think we have to be a little bit more deliberate on offense and shot selection. You know, work the clock then find a good sh- uh, shot at that point in the clock, uh, which which is what Larry did uh, when, when Wyoming was especially undermanned early in his tenure, and it worked. It kept us in the games and then we got to get better on defense. Um, I think we can get better. Defense almost does everything because once you're playing better defense, you're stopping your opponent. Then you can get in that half-court game and really start to frustrate your your opponent working the clock and good shot selects. you got to make our shots. Got to reduce those turnovers. That's the, that's a big part of it. Can't turn the ball 16 times a game when you're playing that type of tempo. And then uh, the third thing is, you know, make your free throws. For the most part, this team shot pretty good from the free throw line. But, you know, do the things you can control. But, yeah, I would say the way that the lineup is uh, put together at this point uh, with seven players, we we have to play this type of style offensively. So, So I and I, you know, and looking at some of the points, I know the San Diego State game got – you know, out of hand with the up in the eighties, that's certainly not where we want to be on defense, but you're looking at, you know, if you're looking at 68, 69 points, like we scored against UNLV and Boise state. Um, well, not, we didn't score that. They scored. Well, that I'm sorry. They you. did, but that's where we held the, um, on the defense. So they didn't get to 70, but um, you know, I, I, we're, we're hanging out in those two games. We're definitely hanging around in the mid fifties. So, um obviously we want to get more points and then that would be the goal but what what you know we we need to make more points we need to get to the line more we need to do some things on offense to get up in the 60s but where do you like defensively i mean low 60s where would larry shyatt get this where would where would his defense have gotten these guys down to probably the mid to lower if i remember correctly larry's teams were top five ten in the country at some points uh, I think they were at 60, 58 in some situations. If this team can uh, keep their opponent in the low 60s, you know, mid 60s, and do a little bit better job taking care of the football or basketball, um, <laughs> and on, on top of, uh, you know, making the makeable shots, you know, 
that's where they need to be and they can they can score in the 60s uh, they they shouldn't have it because there are some shooters on this team and there's some offensive talent on this basketball team so i think i don't really worry about them get to the 60s but they got to get in a better offensive flow uh, be more efficient offensively and uh, keep their opponents in that 60 point range somewhere so sure sure so just kind of close their gap a little bit on defense and up ours on offense we can really yes close that gap for sure okay uh yeah but and i agree with everything you guys are saying but uh one of the problems i think we have obviously everyone who follows this Wyoming team uh and probably even their significant others know that this team cannot re i mean we have a problem with rebounding uh and obviously there's definitely rooms a lot of room to improve but I don't know how hopeful I am that we're going to get better at rebounding. I think, I think it's a systematic problem that we have with rebounding, and here's why. So, there's certain times where, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure Edwards, you know, preaches, you know, we've got, you know, defensive rebound, we got a rebound, we can't, you know, allow offensive rebounds. I'm sure it's not a lack of effort on Edwards' part. I'm not trying to suggest that, uh, but when you allow the other team free rebounds, we don't a try to get offensive rebounds for the majority of the games. We don't try to rebound when our, when we're shooting free throws, we have no one in the lane to attempt a rebound. And when you give up free rebounds, I think that just seeps in everywhere else. I mean, it just kind of creates a, you know, rebounding isn't important. And I know everyone on this team from the coaching staff down to the trainers would say that, you know, rebounding, you know, is one of the keys to the game, but, I think when you allow free rebounds to the other team, I think it just kind of it just it creates a systematic issue. I am I am I way off on this, or would you guys tend to agree? Well, I mean, every time they shoot a free throw, whether it be the you know one on one or whatever the second one, it's gonna it's gonna give them a free one. But sometimes they come off long. And oh yeah, lucky, and you, it gives you two or three opportunities. Ian, what do you what do you think about this? Am I way off, or is there well, something? Well, I th- I think you're right about the structure. I think the structure is the reason we're not rebounding. We really haven't been that great of an offensive rebounding team for years, except for maybe with Derek Cook and Larry Nance. Um, it's it, it is a system thing that they don't go to the boards as much because they're worried about foul trouble now, especially with a seven man rotation. Sure. Now they're really worried about it, so. Uh, they're not going to be super aggressive on the offensive board. So um, that's something I hope that they could change in this program in the near future. I mean, in the coming years, we can become a better offensive rebounding game. I don't know how many games we won through the years just with fierce offensive rebounding. When you're not shooting the basketball well, you can get right back in the game a lot of times with offensive rebounding. So I agree. It seems like ever since the – started Larry Shiat era outside a couple exceptions. This, uh, this team has not been a good offensive rebounding team and uh, they focus on being a defensive rebounding team. And actually this team hasn't been terrible on the defensive boards. It hasn't been dominating, but it hasn't been terrible. It just hasn't been a very good offensive rebounding team. So, and one of the frustrating things though is about offense rebounding is offensive rebounds usually lead to the easiest offense, easy putbacks, you know, kickouts to guys wide open the three, and we just we don't even. It's just so frustrating. I, and like you said, I understand the reasons why we don't do that with limited players. We got to keep guys out of foul trouble, but it's just so frustrating, especially when the other teams just aggressively 
rebound against you on the other end, and it leaves a lot of their, you know, second chance points, easy putbacks, kickouts for threes, and it's just it's it's just heartbreaking to be quite honest with you. Uh I guess we've kind of covered this. One of the other things I was wanting to talk about was the man-to-man and zone defense. I think we've kind of we kind of hashed that all out. Uh, let me see here. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to point out is the, another thing that's really hurting us, and, and this is kind of the rebounding. This is this is kind of an all-accumulative thing. It's kind of you know turnovers, lack of rebounds, but in the last three games. Our opponents have attempted 173 shots, and we've only attempted 135 shots. So on average, the opponent is shooting 57.6 shots a game, and we're only shooting 45 shots a game. So the other teams are averaging 12 more attempts than us. I mean, that's – I mean, and we're struggling to score, and they're – you know, I mean, that that would be a good way if we could somehow find the middle ground, as you were alluding to earlier, Clay, to kind of meet in the middle in the 60s. If we could – get to the same amount of shot attempts as our opponent is. Well, and especially if you look at, you know, what kind of percentage they're shooting, if they're getting, you know, 12 more shots than us, and, you know, even if they get a third of those, you know, that's eight more points, and then it, it, it factors into those things we were talking about. You know, you take – you stop doing this, or you do this, or you get those extra points, you stop them from getting those extra points. All those things contribute into – that lot, uh, that lead getting extended out from, you know, a close game to 15 points. Ian, do you see a issue with any issue with this or any resolution potential of the, the, the shot differential from us and our opponents? Oh, I definitely agree with clay. I think that, that can be controlled and improved on by reducing turnovers, especially silly turnovers. Um, and number two, uh, you know, making your free throws, uh, because you get the second free throw after a miss one and one. And the third part is just uh, finishing some open plays, finishing open plays. And uh, you do those three areas, I bet I can go down to every stat sheet and count five to 10 to 15 possessions in some cases during the course of the game that could have swung the other direction. So basketball, if you really get down to the fundamentals of basketball, the basics of it, it comes down to made shots and possessions, successful offensive possessions, successful possessions on defense. And if you start adding up some of these plays during the course of a game, uh, you can get a game pretty close pretty quickly if you're executing in the right way. So, Sure, sure. All right, well, I think that pretty much covers everything we wanted to talk about today. We can kind of end it uh, just kind of a – a look to the what, what's up next for Wyoming. Uh, so we play uh, Utah State. Uh, Utah State's one and two this Saturday uh, at the Double A. Uh, I know Utah State was pretty good in the non-conference season, uh, but this appears to be a winnable game. Uh, what do you guys think about our uh, outlook for this one? I'll start with you, Ian, on this one. Yeah, I, Utah State, got to understand, they played Fresno State at Utah State, and Fresno State shot the heck out of the three ball to even stay in the game and had to hit a shot late to win it. And Utah State struggled uh, from the arc. So Fresno State really had a, a play above them in terms of shooting the basketball to stay in the game. So I think this Utah State team is actually a pretty good basketball team. But, again, we're going to have to – we're just going to have to execute better, do all the things we talked about the last hour, improvements. Uh, and the Cowboys, I, I think, are going to have to make sure that Utah State doesn't go off on uh, from the arc on them. 
um, if they and can they maintain, maintain that. And they're going to have to shoot the ball better. Wyoming's sure. going to have to shoot the ball better. I think we need a game where we can really hit some three-point shots and keep them from hitting too many three-point shots. And I think we might have a shot in that situation. So, uh, And just kind of go off what you're saying, I think the thing that I'm probably most worried about, especially if we're playing that two, that, that zone that we that we love to play, is the zone defense doesn't really account for – and I'm sure there are you know, nuances to this that, that can, but – our zone, let me just say that, preface that with saying, our zone defense doesn't really seem to account for the other team's star player. It kind of lets the other team's best player, you know, find the open holes in our zone and they can kind of get whatever shots they're looking for. And my number one key to the game would be we cannot allow Sam Merrill for Utah State to get open threes. I mean, he, Justin and Jessup and him are, de I would say, definitely the best three-point shooters in the conference. And I think Merrill's probably one of the best in the country. I He is an automatic shooter if he gets open looks. So I really am fearful of just allowing him to kill us from the arc. Uh, let's see here. What Then I think after – I'm not getting into this too much. And then after uh, Utah State, I think uh, we go on the road again to New Mexico. So th that will be a tough one. Another, another house of horrors for Wyoming, the pit. So that ought to be fun. Uh, the schedule makers didn't really do us any favors. Road games at the Pit, Viejas, and Vegas are three worst places to play in our first three road games. Wow. Well, look at the, office, uh, the optimistic side of that. It could flip uh, if this team can yeah. find traction. Half, we could get some breaks down the stretch in February and uh, pick up some momentum. And we're going to have a week off before we play New Mexico, too, which I think will help oh, us a nice. lot. So that's going to be good. We're not going to have a midweek game. Uh, we'll have a week off to get ready for them after Utah State. So I think that could be a, a big factor. So, Well, and then just sometimes there's that factor – I mean, we've all played sports long enough to know that. I mean, we, we've talked about how we're not that good of a team right now. And sometimes when you play a team that's not that good, you kind of play down to their level. And if we're, if some of those things come together where we have that time to prep and get ready and, and kind of lock some of those things down and fix some of those mistakes, if we can keep it close, you just never know. You never know. Um, and we've You never know. You never know, and there we've seen a lot of a lot of positives from a lot of these players. It was just like you know we got to get that consistency, and if I mean if we could ever all put it all together, just even if it was just for a game, you know, I would like our chances. Uh, Ryan, you got any other thoughts, or are you ready to wrap this one up? No, I, I'm good. I, I think Jeff's ready to go to bed. So <laughs> yeah, our, our producer Jeff looks a little bored by playing his video games on his phone. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm good. Uh, this was a great talk with you guys. I think we're, we're we're probably seeing eye to eye on a lot of things right now with Wyoming basketball. I could tell that, and I like like that you guys still have a little bit of an optimist uh, outlook and silver. Okay, you make yourself go crazy if you get too negative. You always got to hope hold a little glimmer of hope out there somewhere. <laughs> That's but right. Then again, I'm a Chiefs fan and he's a Charger fan, so we got a lot of practice at it. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Well, with that, we'll uh, we'll wrap this uh, this uh, random thoughts with Wyoming Cowboy basketball up. So, um, we'll try to do another show sometime next week. We'll well, hopefully, you guys are listening next week as well as this week. So, see you guys next time.
Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC, All Rights Reserved.